Okay. So we, first of all, you had of this news, good news, that St. Joseph has been now proclaimed as the saint of this year. The, the Holy Father pro proclaimed the, this coming year, the year of St. Joseph. And this is something important for us. And uh, we should also discover more the importance of St. Joseph and uh, St. Joseph in relation to Our Lady and to Jesus as a model of consecration to Our Blessed Mother. But maybe this will be the topic of another conversation together. Tonight, since we are now very close to Christmas, I thought to meditate with you a kind of Christmas meditation on the mystery of Jesus' birth and uh, trying to make some reference to some theories, exegetical theories, uh, now uh, pop, almost mm, popular, so to say, that try to put into question the fact whether, uh, as, whether Jesus was born in a, in a cave or rather in a common, normal house. And uh, this might be something irrelevant to our faith. It, according to someone, it doesn't matter whether Jesus was born in a cave, in a grotto, in a stall for the, where the animals were, or normally in a common uh, house and uh, where all other people were uh, living together. Actually, we should say that it does matter because, as I will try to explain now in this my meditation, uh, it is not the same thing to uh, see the importance of the manger in relation to the place, the cave, where Jesus was born, which is also the cave that we keep uh, as the place where Jesus was born in Bethlehem that we have also visited a few times as the place uh, recognized by tradition as the, the birthplace of our Lord. And it is not the same thing to, uh, to know that Jesus was born in that place or Jesus was born in a normal, uh, in a normal house. So let's see why some scholar and uh, other... Uh, uh, theologians, but ma mainly in the Protestant realm, they, why they think that Jesus wasn't born in a cave, but in a house. First of all, the, this kind of elaboration, we should say, is quite recent. The, the main, uh, the main reference and the main author who is behind all this new elaboration is, a, is a, an American scholar who just died a few years ago, Kenneth E. Bailey, who wrote in 2008 <clears throat> a book titled Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes, Cultural Studies in the Gospels. And... Uh, this is 
he was a Presbyterian uh, scholar, theologian, and a pastor as well. The main, the main uh, uh, concept that this uh, uh, scholar tries to explain is the fact that, uh, uh, first of all, this new, uh, this new understanding of Jesus' birth uh, would be uh, uh, would would start actually, especially with a messianic reading of a text of uh, Isaiah one three, which reads: "The ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manger, but Israel does not know my people, does not know my people do not understand." Uh, so, according to few scholars, actually, uh, the fact that we put in the, into, the, into Jesus' uh, stable this, uh, the, the ox and the donkey is actually a reading of uh, the prophet Isaiah and uh, an elaboration of this reading. We should say that uh, we don't know for sure how many animals there were in uh, Jesus' cave when Jesus was born. If we have one ox and one donkey, it is, of course, uh, taken from the prophet Isaiah, but uh, we can also assume that it was, since it was a cave, there were even more than one ox and one donkey. We don't know how many animals. But to say, to simply say that the whole elaboration of Christmas and uh, of the place of Jesus' nativity came from this understanding, this messianic reading of Isaiah, is something uh, not acceptable. But this is not the main, the main argument to prove that the, the Christmas celebrated according to tradition uh, so far actually until this, this new book will, came out uh, is also another, another, another one. The main, the main issue that would put into question our way of celebrating Christmas, our way of representing Jesus' birth would be especially the word uh, which is translating, translated as in, in English, a hostel, uh, a little ho hotel, hotel. Let's see more in details what this, uh, this problem is about. Uh, let's read the book, the Gospel of St. Luke. Two, seven. The context is uh, the the fact that Saint Joseph and Our Lady uh, went to Bethlehem. Uh, the Gospel says Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the family of David, 
And this in order to be enrolled with Mary, his espoused wife, who was with child. For this enrollment, uh, uh, and according to the decree of Caesar Augustus, they had to go to Bethlehem because Joseph was from the house of David. So this is the context. The Holy Family is going to Bethlehem. While they were in Bethlehem for this enrollment, a lady was ready to be delivered. The Gospel says her days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And then verse 7, Luke, Luke 2, 7 says she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him up in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Let's uh, carefully look at this now. Because there was no room for them in the inn. So, the, this author, Bailey, and, and some others, uh, in looking at the word in, which in Greek, in the original, is kataliuma, kataliuma uh, from kataliuo, which means to lose. Kataliuma, uh, according to scholars, is not only a, an inn, a hostel, somewhere, a place to, like a refuge to host people, travelers, uh, just uh, passing, uh, just trying to stay over for the night with their own animals. In fact, etymologically speaking, inn comes from Kataliuma, Kataliuo to lose, which means when these travelers were uh, during the night they were they came to this inn, they normally lost their belts and also the their own animals uh, belts in order to be ready for the night. But scholars say the word Greek word kataliuma is not only a, an in to be translated with an in. In fact, in the Gospel of Saint Luke, the same word kataliuma is also the upper room where Jesus celebrated his uh, last supper with his uh, twelve apostles. But uh, besides this uh, upper room, there is even a third meaning of kataliuma, which is the guest room. Another, another meaning of this uh, word is the guest room. So what's the conclusion? Uh, according to uh, no, now, it seems quite wild, uh, uh, wild uh, spread, this understanding. Uh, authors say, these different authors say that uh, since it is more uh, convenient to translate the word kataliuma not within but with guest room, and also, for example, in Italian now, since 2008, we do not translate anymore within but with uh, a very generic word to say a place to stay, alloggio, we say. 
a, a simple place to, uh, to, to spend the night, basically. It's a very generic word, but the assumption behind it is that it is likely that it is more likely that the word kataluma in that context is meaning not a place to stay to for the night as a hostel or some inn, but it is rather the guest room or the upper room, but it is more likely to be in that context, the guest room. And in fact, they say, if you look at, uh, at a, a, a house, a very common uh, Palestinian house of that time, you see that the house was very, of course, the normal, the standard uh, 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 model of a house for that <clears throat> that time was one living room where the whole the family was living together and uh, where also animals were brought in during the night by the evening so even in the animals were living together with the family in this main living ground floor living room and uh, there were for this because there were also animals there were in this living room also the uh, the some some uh, places where the animals were fed that's why it is possible to suppose that in that living room there were even more than one mangers for animals and these, these mangers were uh, possibly placed uh, on the floor itself or just on the wall. So this was the main accommodation. And then since the guest in the Bible is very important, uh, these uh, normal common houses, these uh, standard houses, uh, house style of that time had also another 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 room which was reserved to uh, guests because since the guest was so important in the bible uh, every family had at that time a guest guest room for pilgrims coming uh, suddenly to and asking for being put put up for the night for example uh, so they had this this spare room basically to 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 host some pilgrims or some guests, especially some people from the same family, the same tribe coming. So uh, since then, let's go back to the argument to prove that Jesus wasn't born in a cave but rather in a house. The argument is this: since in is likely more likely to main. In this context, the guest room. So Joseph and Mary went to ask for a guest room, possibly in one of uh, the houses, the common houses, normal houses of Bethlehem. And this is possible because Joseph was from that, the same, the same tribe of David, so the tribe of Judah. And it is possible that uh, one of the relatives of Joseph was very keen on putting this uh, family up for the night. But since the guest room was already busy, and you can imagine the, the fact that 
during that night and during that time, since people came to Bethlehem to be enrolled, so there were a lot of people around. The guest room was already busy. That's why there was no place for them in the guest room. So uh, the alternative was to be put up in the main accommodation, in the main living room, we, with all other um, family members to be together in that, in that place. So the, the guest room was busy, so Our Lady and St. Joseph were hosted in, the, in, the, in, in a normal uh, living space where there were also um, animals, because as we said, the animals were uh, brought in during the night. And uh, so the, the conclusion is that according to this theory, which is actually an elaboration, exegetical elaboration, but it seems also to be uh, widely accepted. The conclusion is that Our Lady gave birth to Jesus in a, in a common, in a normal uh, family environment, but not only in a living room with all other, uh, where all other people uh, all other family members were living together, but also Our Lady gave birth uh, in that situation with all other people, so in a, in a very natural way, as all other women were giving birth at that time, in the house, of course, with the help of other, other, other people around, especially women helping the the, the woman to give to give birth and then uh, you can you can already understand that in this way if this was the case our lady uh, there was nothing to safeguard anymore there was nothing uh, supernatural to keep in a very silent and hidden way which is also the reason why providentially there was no place for them in the inn which was of course something private but uh, they had to find a, a cave uh, to give birth a cave which is also the symbol the reason to give birth to Jesus in a very private hidden manner in order to preserve the supernaturality of that mystery which was taking place, the virginal birth of our Lord. So if we go for this theory, this elaboration, Jesus was born in a living room, where actually in a very packed house, we should say, because if the guest room was already busy with some guests, and the living room, you can imagine, was busy, of course, with the family. A lady gave birth in a normal house together with all these other people and uh, with a crowd around. Uh, so there is, everything is natural, everything seems logical, but there is nothing to safeguard anymore because there is no mystery no virginity of mary to safeguard in order to preserve the identity of jesus 
uh, as true God, because the virginity of Mary, as we know, is the proof that that baby is God, because only God could be born virginally, uh, without touching his mother's womb, uh, passing through as he did uh, during his after his resurrection, when he went into the upper room again, in, into the cenacle to meet his apostles, but without touching the door, going through the door. And this is understandable also because in the Protestant realm there is no consideration anymore of the virginity of Mary. The, the fact that the, the birth of Jesus is unique, is supernatural, and not simply something natural. But uh, uh, so we should, uh, of course, um, opt for the the traditional understanding of Jesus' birth, which goes back to the first fathers of the church, and to the also to the site uh, which was uh, held as the site of Jesus' birth since the early centuries, where even in the 4th century, the basilica from Constantine, uh, the Constantinian basilica was built upon that uh, spot uh, to preserve the, the, the memory of Jesus' birth, the place, the, the cave where Jesus was born. And also the cave... So this unique place where Jesus was born is also a very important data uh, for the fathers of the church. Uh, since St. Justin, uh, 2nd century, and then all, all other fathers uh, celebrating the nativity of, of Christ, in a way or the other, have always made reference to the mystery of that cave praising the cave as something, as a mystery of, uh, uh, presenting in that uh, poverty and the austerity of birth, of a birth, the mystery of God, the mystery of Christ. And this is, this is the common, common take of the church. Uh, for the, the birth of our Lord, the birth in a cave, the birth where only Our Lady and St. Joseph were, and then in that, uh, in that very uh, secluded uh, place, Our Lady gave virginally birth to Christ. But someone might say, but you say this, but there is no reference to prove all this in the Gospel, while these Protestant scholars have much to say, because they look at the words, and the words are very significant. Now, there is an important reference in the Gospel to prove, actually, that Jesus was born in a cave. And uh, the, the only argument to prove the contrary the other possibility that he wasn't born in a cave but in a living room is just the meaning of the word kataluma, which can uh, 
main also a upper room or a guest room but it, it can also mean a, a place to stay a refuge an an inn to to spend the night and to be put up for for the night actually we should also remember by uh, reflecting on this word, uh, of course we cannot uh, build up a new elaboration based just on a word which is critically examined. We have to look at the whole context, the whole gospel. But uh, the argument actually to prove that this word in is significant to be translated as a guest room and not as an inn is also the fact that in the same Gospel of St. Luke, the word to mean a, a, an a hotel or inn, properly speaking, is not the word here present in Luke 2, uh, 7, but it is another word present in Luke 10, 34. You remember the parable of the Good Samaritan, this man who took care of a man who fell into the hands of some thieves and uh, this man took uh, had pity on this uh, on this uh, man the good samaritan took pity on him and uh, brought him to uh, a place to stay for the night uh, he was brought into a, an inn and the word here in the parable of the Good Samaritan is different from the inn uh, in, the gospel, in the chapter 2 uh, the word is pandokeion which means properly a, actually a hotel basically something more likely to be uh, a place to stay but uh, more professional uh, equipped professionally equipped so to speak uh, we can we can assume that our lady uh, preferred our lady saint joseph preferred to see whether that cataluma was available for the fact that a normal hotel not only was busy because of the people who came, but was also expensive uh, to go to a hotel as today you have to pay. And you remember that the Good Samaritan had to pay three denarii to put that person up for the night. Our Lady and St. Joseph hadn't this money to pay. So it is possible that they were looking for something more humble, something like a refuge where the travelers were spending their night with their own animals as well. That uh, we said cataluma, right? So this is a possibility. Cataluma can also signify a, a, a place to stay. So a place to spend the night, to, 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 to sleep in. Uh, but of course it is not enough just to change the whole of the Christmas description by pointing to this one word. Why? And now I try to, to explain uh, by reading the next verses that there is a 
theological reading based on the on the meaning of the words of course on exegetical on an exegetical reading of the context that can easily prove that the tradition of the church uh, holding the place of Jesus as that cave in Bethlehem is right. Why? Let's now uh, read, for example, uh, it's important to look at the shepherds, the shepherds who are in dialogue with the angel. So right after the description of Jesus' birth and Jesus being laid uh, in a manger, right? Also, manger is very significant. Fatne. The, the gospel goes on and describes the, the apparition of the angel to the shepherds. Okay. So the angel now is speaking to the shepherds and chap uh, chapter always 2, verse 11, the angel says, uh, this to the to the shepherds for this day is born to you a savior who is Christ the Lord in the city of David verse 12 and this shall be a sign unto you you shall find the infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger again the word manger which is the sign to recognize this uh, Savior who is just born, Christ the Lord, the Messiah. The Messiah is recognizable by this sign that is a baby wrapped up in swaddling clothes who uh, is laid in a manger. Right, the uh, shepherds are very humble and they are very, very obedient. But it's important now to see what they, they uh, thought to themselves before moving to see the sign. Uh, they say to themselves, let's, let's go over to Bethlehem. Let's see this word that is come to pass which the Lord has shoved to us. It's important here, let's also here keep in mind this uh, expression. The shepherds say, let's go over to Bethlehem to see this word that has come to pass. The word uh, announced to them by the angel, that is the birth of the Messiah, Christ the Lord. So they, in obedience to the angel, now in, with haste, they go to, to, to see the sign, to, uh, uh, to verify whether that word was true or not. But let's now uh, try to reflect also on this. The shepherds have to go with their flock. But uh, if they had to go to a private house, though a living, one living room where all people were together, how can they 
move with all the uh, sheep and flock to go to see this sign. And also for the fact that the shepherds were considered impure people, they were excluded from the society, they were the lowest uh, 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 people category of the society because of their status despised by everyone. They, be they belonged to the so-called Anawim, the poorest of the society, but also they were, they had no consideration at all. If they then wanted to go to see the babe in a normal house and they had to knock to the door and they would have been uh, sent away because of their condition, their, their own uh, status of life. So it's more difficult to imagine the possible visit of these shepherds to a private house than to suppose, as it is more evident and logic, that they went to a cave, to a play, to an open space actually, that where they had no 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 restrictions, no COVID, we should say restrictions nowadays, they could see Jesus, they could immediately uh, uh, go in, so to say, into this space, into this cave, and uh, verify the sign. Also for the fact that they were used to caves, they themselves were living in, a, in caves, as we know from the place of the shepherds. So, in any case, let's go back to the account. They decide to go, and when they arrive, they came with haste. When they arrived, they, the gospel doesn't say that they had to, to ring the bell, knock to the door, and say, we are here, we were sent by the angel, can we come in to a private house? No, they say... Uh, they came with haste, and the evangelist Luke says that they found who? Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. The, the, the sign was the manger, the sign was an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes laying in a manger. Now they arrive, and they don't see straight away the baby in the manger, but in order to see the baby, they have to see first of all his mother, Mary. And by seeing Mary, his mother, they see Joseph, and from these two people here, they finally see the sign, which was only the baby in the manger. But the baby in the manger is not recognizable, so to speak, without going through a lady, and then Saint Joseph. Uh, uh, this is important also for the fact that the sign was the baby, but uh, a baby who is just born, uh, wrapped in swaddling clothes, is not really a sign. The sign might uh, be the fact that this is the fact that the baby uh, lays in a manger, of course. Uh, <clears throat> But in order to see and to, to believe that that baby laying in a manger is divine, is God, 
and the Messiah, they have to find Mary and Joseph. Another thing to reflect upon is this. Uh, why uh, now Luke is putting Mary first and then Joseph? When we know that in his gospel, when he describes the genealogy to prove Jesus' messianity, he, as also St. Matthew does in his gospel, says always that it is a man who generates his son. It is the father who generates the son. It is never the mother who generates the son. In the Bible, in the Jewish culture, it is always the father generating. But now there is something unique. It is not Joseph generating Jesus. It is Mary. It is Our Lady, the mother of Jesus. It is she who generates Jesus. And Joseph has been associated to this mystery to protect, to be the keeper of Our, of our Lady's perpetual virginity, which is the sign to believe in the in the divinity of Christ, in the fact that that baby is the Messiah, the Son of God. And uh, the fact that they met Mary, they found Mary and Joseph, and the infant proves that they found not that crowd of people uh, hanging around in the house, in a house which was packed, no, they found in this place, in this cave, they found uh, the only people they could find, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. But again, to acknowledge the mystery of Christ, they had to find Mary. So Mary here is the way to Jesus. Mary's virginity, more precisely, is the way to understand who Jesus is. If Jesus was born in a living room, there was no way to preserve a lady's uh, virginity, which is a mystery. It was a normal childbirth, but not natural. It was a natural, of course, because it was a, a, a childbirth, but the way Jesus came out of our lady's womb was not normal, natural, was a mystery, was the way Jesus came through our lady's womb, but without touching it, because he's God. And our lady's integrity is, again, the, the, the sign of Jesus' divinity. So only through Mary we can find Jesus, and because of this, we have also to safeguard the place where Jesus was born, which cannot simply be uh, changed and uh, rendered as a normal living room for the fact of a simple, the possible meaning of the word in. We have to look at the whole context, and especially we have to preserve the mystery from being uh, diminished undermined by this uh, critical exegesis, <clears throat> but which is not uh, a, an exegesis contemplating the whole context of Jesus' birth.
But there is also another, another issue here to take into consideration to prove once again that the cave was the place of Jesus' birth and not a living room. Or in other words, it was a, a hidden and unique place where Jesus was born and not a normal house in order to preserve the identity of Christ, the uniqueness of Jesus' birth because he's God through this virginity of Mary. Another, another uh, thing to take into consideration, and the last one actually, is this one. So the, sh the shepherds now, they have found Mary, Joseph and the baby, and then verse 17 says this, and seeing now they see uh, they see and they understood of the word that had been spoken to them concerning this child now the verb to see here is not a simple uh, uh, way to see something uh, with our senses, with our eyes. It is deeper than seeing with the eyes, but it is about seeing and understanding. The word is idontes, which is a way not only to see, but also to perceive, to understand, to see with the intelligence. They had to see with their own intelligence. There is in this moment a process of understanding through the sign to faith. Through the sign they found Mary, Joseph and Jesus through believing, to believing. From sign to believing. What do they believe? They believed that that baby was indeed the Son of God the Christ, the Saviour. And since they believed, they, right after believing, finding, seeing, understanding and believing, now they become heralds of this great uh, Saviour, little baby. They become, they, they become, they became evangelists, actually, because uh, they, they keep now telling everyone of the wonders they saw and they believed. And the Gospel says, verse 18, And uh, all that heard wondered, and at those things that were told them by the shepherds. You understand? So the things here, the things they are telling other people is the same word which was said spoken by the angel to the shepherds and the shepherds were thinking to themselves let's go and see the things the word is rema which means also the words that the angel had spoken to us let's go and see now they saw they believed, they understood, and then they become evangelists. They, uh, they hand 
uh, all this over to other people. The same things, the word of the angel, what they have seen, what they have believed, what they uh, now evangelize, what they say to other people. And finally, Mary kept all these words, pondering them in her heart. The Immaculate Heart of Mary, pondering all these words. Which words, actually? The word here, to say words, is the same as things. The people were all those who heard, wondered, and at those things. Things are rema, our lady is keeping in her heart all this rema, all these words. The words of the angel to her at the Annunciation, the words of the angel to the shepherds, the words of the shepherds who came and of course spoke to our lady and reported to her everything the angel had said to them. And Our Lady kept all this, all this rema, all these words in her heart. Uh, again, when the, uh, the, the shepherds came, uh, they immediately found the, the Our Lady, St. Joseph and the child, and, uh, and they had this dialogue. They were telling Our Lady what the angel said, and Our Lady was helping them to believe. So the way to Jesus is always through Mary. The way to believe in Christ is always to go through the faith of Our Lady, because only with these words that Our Lady keeps in her heart, we can believe in Christ. So, to wrap up now, and hopefully you are still alive, still asleep. No, not asleep. You are, you are awake. But to wrap up now, let's conclude with this. If we uh, took uh, this new elaboration as something acceptable and finally something solid and proving that Jesus wasn't born according to tradition in a cave, but, but in a living room, we should say, as uh, some, some people, some Protestant pastors say, sorry to spoil your, your Christmas, but you know that Jesus wasn't born in a stable. Jesus wasn't born in a cave. Jesus wasn't born among animals and so on. Sorry to spoil your Christmas, but you know, you have to reconfigure your own crib at home, or better, you have to get rid of it and think of Christmas in a new way. Jesus, a common baby. Mary, a common mother, giving birth in a house. We should reply to these scholars, sorry to spoil your ideas of spoiling our Christmas, but we prefer not to change because we want to be faithful to the gospel, because we want to keep the gospel as the whole, uh, uh, the whole gospel as the revelation of Jesus' birth. The whole account of chapter 2 of St. Luke's gospel as the revelation of, of uh, Jesus' birth. And it makes sense 
when we understand the gospel as it is, as a way to, uh, to describe the birth of Jesus, but also in order to, especially to keep safe the mystery of Jesus' birth, which is the unique birth, a virginal birth, which is the, the message of Jesus' identity, Jesus' divinity, and this uniqueness of Jesus' birth is visible, understandable, especially in this call uh, to the shepherds to come and to be the first witnesses of this unique but humble birth. It does make sense if we still keep this uh, traditional uh, place of Jesus' birth because the place is not irrelevant to our faith in Jesus Christ in the identity of Jesus Christ. And uh, it is not, uh, of course, we, can, uh, we are not more clever uh, than Saint Jerome, who, as you know, uh, one spent most of his life in a cave near the cave where Jesus was born. He moved to Bethlehem to live over there, in order to live as Jesus did, where Jesus was born, in order to understand the to understand the, the words of our Lord, the life of the people, the culture of the people, and to be able to translate the, the Bible. So are we more clever than Saint Jerome, who went there because the tradition was was clear about the, the place where Jesus was born. When we go to Bethlehem, we see also the cave where Saint Jerome were, uh, lived for a long time. So it does make sense, the, the description of Jesus' birth, with these few uh, references that we have in the Gospel, but uh, uh, taken and... Uh, looked at uh, as uh, in the whole context of the gospel, especially in the context enlightened with the, the health of the tradition of the church.